As we saw and heard in the video today, today is the first Sunday of Advent and the beginning of a new church year. Rather than have us deal with beginnings, today's reading from Mark's Gospel directs our attention to the final coming of Christ. We are to wait and watch, for Christ has promised to return. Oh, that you would burst from the heavens and come down, how the mountains would quake at your presence. For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. These verses from Isaiah are a prayer to God by people who, were, who are powerless and under oppression. The prayer exhibits the two main features of genuine Advent hope. On the one hand, there's a deep sense of exasperation about a situation that is out of control, and on the other, a bold and confident trust in God. A God who can intervene in life and make it peaceable and joyous. While life without God is unbearable, life with God can be completely transformed. This is our hope as we mark the beginning of Advent. The reading from Mark's Gospel is often called the Little Apocalypse because of its similarity to the Great Apocalypse of the Revelation of John. Apocalyptic literature usually comes out of challenging times and typically proclaims a message of hope. It usually reflects a strong dualism, good against evil, and uses dramatic visions full of symbols, numbers, colours and animals as codes that must be explained or interpreted. The writer of Mark's Gospel draws on traditional apocalyptic imagery to underscore what will happen when the Son of Man returns. For example, imagery of the darkening of the sun and moon and the falling of the stars derives from Isaiah 13.10, where it describes the day of the coming of the Lord. For see, the day of the Lord is coming, the heavens will be black above them, the stars will give no light, the sun will be dark when it rises, and the moon will provide no light. The picture is one of total cosmic collapse. Darkness and chaos will envelop everything just as it was before time, as we read in Genesis 1, 1 2. One commentator suggested that these words have a double fulfilment. They were fulfilled in the death and resurrection of Jesus, and they'll be fulfilled in the last day when Jesus returns. In his time, there was a widespread belief that spiritual powers resided in the stars and planets. There were signs in the heavens at his death and in, the ascent, in his ascension, those powers saw him coming in the clouds with power and great glory. At the time of the writing of this gospel, Christians were experiencing persecution. Jerusalem and the temple lay in ruins and many Christians were estranged from their families because of faith issues. False messiahs were also sowing seeds of confusion. The faithful were torn between giving themselves up to despair or reaching for any flicker of hope. While the imagery of these verses seems frightening, it's intended to encourage Christians who were living in frightening times. 
And that is certainly the experience of many people around the world today. Jesus then uses the image of the fig tree coming into leaf to warn his followers to watch for signs that will herald the end of the temple and the Jewish national way of life up to that time. He then adds a second warning. No one knows the day or the time. The angels in heaven don't know and the Son himself doesn't know. Only the Father knows. So watch out and be ready. You don't know when the, when the time will come. Tom Wright in his commentary on this passage of scripture says, It's important for us to remind ourselves of our own call to watch, to be alert. The judgment that fell on the temple is a foretaste, according to other passages in the New Testament, of the judgment that will fall on the whole world. This time there will be no signs, no advance warnings, just the ongoing command to God's people to be faithful to him. And then again another warning, this time about a man going away and leaving his servants in charge of his property. Be alert, you don't know when the master will return. It seems a stretch to call a season of waiting a blessing. No one likes waiting. We all spend a lot of time waiting, stuck in queues of traffic, in doctors' waiting rooms, and like me yesterday waiting for an hour and 16 minutes on a call to my internet provider to help me get my internet up and running again. It was very frustrating. Isaiah, 41, Isaiah 40, 31 tells us, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. While we cannot foresee every contingency and crisis, we must be spiritually forearmed so that we can be prepared for the hard knocks life always has in store for us. We must stay awake spiritually, being prepared for Christ's coming, welcoming him into our daily lives. It's very easy to fall into the trap of focusing on preparations for Christmas Day and in our busyness leave no space for Jesus. So this, through this Advent season I invite you to join with me and invite Jesus into our day each morning. Let us thank him for his many blessings and ask him to stay with us throughout the day. Let us make Jesus an integral part of our daily routines. And then let us end the day with him, telling him our problems and asking him for help to sort them out. If we persevere, we will soon find greater peace and purpose in what we do amid the silly season of Christmas. The author John Grisham had a friend who offered him some advice. You ought to live every day like you have, only a few more days to live. For a few more days is in reality the condition of us all, no matter how young or healthy we may be. He then listed some priorities. It's simple, he said. You get things right with God, and you spend as much time with those you love as you can. Then you settle up with everybody else. This may be simplistic, but it recognises how precious our time is on this earth, and reminds us on this first Sunday in Advent to get our priorities right, to stay awake and alert, 
ready for that unknown day when the Lord is coming. But being ready, being prepared for the coming of Jesus is more about what we know than what we do. And what we know for sure is that Jesus promised that everyone will see the Son of Man arrive on the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send forth his angels to gather together his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. May God, the source of all hope, fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Gracious God, in this Advent, in our preparation and in our waiting, may we sense your continued work in our lives and in the world around us. From ages past no ear has heard, no mind has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. We anticipate your unfolding work and we praise you. Amen. Amen.